Greetings, you're on Deep Background for April 22nd or so. Dave Helling with the Kansas City Star along with Mike Hendricks, my colleague here at the Star. Mike, great for, uh, for you to join us here today. Thanks for asking me, Dave. Well, good. It's my pleasure. Um, and we want to talk about the jail, uh, the Jackson County Jail, uh, a story you had uh, in the newspaper, talked about a recent incident in the jail which led to the death of an inmate. Let's talk a little bit about that specific story and then broaden it out to talk about All the right. jail uh, uh, in Jackson County. Tell us what happened. What did you find in your story? This this seemed like a tragedy that was uh, at least at some level perhaps preventable. Right. There's uh, Back in uh, January 20th, there's, we got a uh, notice that a woman had died at the Jackson County Detention Center. And uh, there was a very brief description of what had happened, uh, no ex real explanation of how she died and why and what led up to it. it um, the news release made it seem as if uh, valiant efforts were, were taken to uh, save her life. Uh, last week, I... Um, her name was? Her, her name was Regina Thurman, mm -hmm. uh, 53 years old, um, mother, grandmother, had some uh, rough knocks. She was in, had been brought in on a probation violation, we, we learned. We don't know what for because that record has been closed. But in any case, it was not a, a major deal. And she was in a, the holding, the intake holding area for 14 hours, which uh, I was told was not wholly unusual. Uh, they give inmates time to try and raise bail, whatnot, and they have access to telephones. And so she was in this, this holding area. And that's about all we knew until last week when um, there, there had previously been some reports out there that, that she, that medical um, staff had, had not been um, as quick to come to her aid as they should have been, but that's about it. That was the accusation of a family member. Last week, however, I got a, a hold of an 11-page uh, Sheriff's Department investigative report and the autopsy report, which laid out in pretty uh, good detail what happened and how it, it seems as if the system failed her. Yeah. How, how, did it, how did it fail her? I mean, it did reading your story in my uh, mind suggest that uh, there were easily recognizable steps that might have been taken to get this woman the treatment that she obviously needed and that for whatever reason those steps were not followed or that people didn't know what was going on? What, did it seem as if it were, if it was honest uh, uh, mistakes or what? Can, can you give us a sense of, of whether this is a systemic failure or just a gee whiz kind of story? Well, it's a, it's a, it could be a systemic failure. We, we're, we're unsure. We don't know yet. We do, though, the, the Jackson County Detention Center, like so many other uh, jails around this area and around the country, hire out their medical care. And Jackson County uh, uses the same firm that Johnson County and Wyandotte County use, uh, Correct Care Solutions out of, of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Uh, in this case, uh, Regina Thurman uh, complained to her jailers of chest pains shortly before midnight on uh, uh, January 19th, 20th. She went to the nurse at, at, um, at the... Uh, at around midnight, complaining of these burning chest pains and some numbness. Uh, the nurse took her vital signs, couldn't really see that there was anything wrong with her from the vitals anyway. And again, this nurse is with the private company that private provides health care at the and, and I've since learned she was an RN. And, uh, and she gave uh, Regina a couple of Tums and sent her back to her cell or to her, the holding area. 
45 minutes later or so, reports come then that she's on the ball, or she's on the floor rolled up in a ball, complaining again of the chest pain still, and she's got uh, back pain and uh, numbness of her leg, and is very sick. Um, I, since I learned last week from talking to a couple of cardiologists that these are classic signs of what she ultimately died of, which is uh, aortic dissection, which is basically the shredding of your main artery until it finally thins out and, and ruptures. And you bleed to death. And you bleed to death, yes. Yeah. And that's what happened. And that's what happened in this case. Now, incidents like this are probably not uncommon in jails around the country, right, Mike? I mean, people die in jails. It's not unique to Jackson County. But it is not, but incidents like this, problems in the jail don't seem unique in Jackson County either, that that we've had more than one incident in which we need to sort of question how the jail, the Jackson County Jail is operated. Walk us through that. This. This isn't the only time something bad has happened for someone in custody, right, in recent months. Well, in, over the last two years, this all came to light in August of uh, 2015 when um, uh, the Jackson County executive at the time, Mike Sanders, called a press conference to, to announce that the FBI was investigating the jail. Specifically, they were investigating um, allegations of guards uh, roughing up prisoners who were restrained. Um, that that investigation is, is pending. Afterwards, there were there was a, a um, other investigations uh, launched. Um, there were allegations the, of sexual assault, right? That for, came. That, that's been this year. Uh, there was also a, uh, this year. There was a, a there were uh, inmates raped in the jail by because of lax security, from what we can tell. Uh, prisoners walking around. In this case, a guy who uh, was in jail on, on murder charges, able to walk freely for quite some time, rape some woman, and go back undetected until the next day because uh, no one was apparently watching the cameras. Right. Uh, in the interim, between the FBI investigation and the sexual assault problems, we had, we had um, a, a citizen's commission went in and took a quick look at the jail and found physical deficiencies with the, with the facility, bad plumbing, et cetera, uh, and also the uh, medical care being, being wanting. Yeah. In fact, indeed, prior to, uh, prior to this year, there was no nurse in the intake area. So no, and it, had it been a year ago or a year and a half ago, there would have been no one to really take a look at Regina Thurman. Yeah. In this instance, even when she did, I mentioned earlier, she, after 45 minutes she was rolled up in a ball, even then they did not take her, her symptoms seriously. They basically told her, we're going to get you dressed out to, to go into jail. It wasn't until she just collapsed on the floor at uh, an hour after her initial being seen by a nurse that she died. Right, and someone else in the intake area with access to a phone actually called the, the daughter of the victim in this case, right, Mike? Correct. Uh, Regina uh, uh, had another inmate there call her daughter, who was a nurse at Truman Medical Center. Her daughter was uh, understandably concerned, was trying to get through to the jail. She, was, she got a hold of four people, each of whom uh, sent her on to voicemail. Ultimately, she called 911. So did the facility. About 121, an hour and a half or so, not quite an hour and a half after uh, her initial chest pains, yeah. the paramedics arrived. By, by that time, she was pretty much gone. Right. So let's backtrack a little bit. We've got an FBI investigation 
We've got allegations of rape in the facility. Uh, for listeners who are not familiar, by the way, we're talking about the big red brick building downtown across the street from the Jackson County Courthouse. Uh, ten stories, isn't it, or close to that? I, I don't know off the top of my head. It's a, I don't either. It's, it's, it's tall. It's, it's a 1300 Cherry. There's an, an annex uh, attached to it, also red brick, and then there's a, a uh, pale stone Art Deco building right adjoining right. that, and that's the regional correctional facility, and that's basically where city prisoners Yeah, we'll come go. back to that in a minute, but, but this is the, the familiar red brick jail that was opened many decades ago. So we've got an FBI investigation, allegations of rape, substandard conditions found by a citizen's com, uh, committee, and now the death of an inmate uh, apparently due to preventable causes. That does seem like an, an inordinate amount of problems at, at a jail for even a community like Kansas City and Jackson County. Is that a, is, can we draw that conclusion? Indeed, we can. And so concerned, uh, I left out a couple of investigations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so concerned was the county executive about the sexual assaults that he um, hired a former U.S. attorney to take a look at that Todd, problem. Todd Graves. Todd Graves. And while that was occurring, this county legislature, separate from the from the uh, county executive, which is somewhat unusual for the, the right. county uh, county legislature to act on its own without a buy-in from the uh, county exec, um, hired an outside firm to do a top-to-bottom audit. Audit. There are members of the legislature who realize that or recognize that that uh, that something major is going to have to be done about that jail. At the same time, the county exec, uh, Frank White is somewhat reluctant to uh, go that route because I think he's fearful, or I've been told he's fearful of, of borrowing money to, to yeah. do the job. Let's come back to that. But first, do we have a sense of of why there are problems at the Jackson County Jail? Is it the age of the facility? Is it understaffing? We, you know, for years we've written stories about how guards are underpaid and overworked at the Jackson County Jail. Is it too crowded? I mean, do we have, if these problems are abnormal, do, is there a sense of what's causing it? Uh, or is it just the type of prisoners that we have? Or maybe it's just serendipity and we've gotten unlucky over the last couple of years. And what's your own sense of it, that, that, that there is something systemic wrong there? You know, I'm always impressed, Mike, by how jail problems pop up in the headlines and then go away, and then they pop back up, and then they go. I mean, it seems like we've been writing about this for 20 years, and yet all of these episodes, to me anyway, suggest that there is something really, uh, really wrong in the way prisoners are incarcerated systemically and needs to be addressed. What's your own view? Well, um, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the low pay for guards. That's since been somewhat rectified uh, because of the problems they had earlier. But the, but the fact that the guards were paid so low, um, and the lowest in the, in the region, and, um, and which led to uh, high turnover, which led to shortages, shortages, which led to mandatory overtime for these, these people, who, which led to, we think, perhaps some of the abuses, is a symptomatic of the um, fact that the county or this community really has not taken full responsibility for what is a, a, a community asset. Yeah. Let, let's let's be clear. Most communities put jails out of sight and out of mind. I mean, it's hard to find sympathy for prisoners at any level of, of well, the society. On the other hand, if you have people in custody, there is a minimum level of, 
of uh, execution, if you will, that, that, that any public body has to meet for the people in its care. Well, as, as, uh, as the uh, Regina's daughter, Nicole, uh, mentioned in the article, uh, this is, uh, I think that's a, there's a misnomer here about who those people are. Oh, that's the, very that, clear. That, that's the, true. The key is uh, that facility, those, that, those three facilities, really, with the annex and all, we're talking about people, uh, everyone from people who have been, who have been brought in on warrants for uh, mispayment of traffic tickets to murderers. I mean, you have folks in there who are serving out sentences for municipal crimes under a year. You have people who are brought in awaiting trial. They are, let's, let's be, uh, it is America, they are innocent until proven guilty. So you have folks in there who are innocent. And have been in there for months awaiting and, trial. And you have people who are mentally ill off the street. You have, I mean, we're not talking about all hardened criminals in there. We do have, you know, people out there who've, been, who've shot folks and, and, and rapists and whatnot. But we also have people who just are having some hard luck. Right. And so and we need to take care of those folks. And I, there are folks at the county government who recognize that, and I think it's really, really frustrating a lot of folks at, at what a mess it is. And but, the reason is it's been, un, it's been underfunded for years. It was for more than 20 years um, there was no really account, outside accountability. The state of Missouri has no jail inspection rec, um, regulations. They have no regulations whatsoever except for with food service in jails. And the jail was not um, accredited, which meant there was no outside auditors. So it's all basically been policing Well, themselves. also it's been under federal court order for overcrowding problems. It was until we, a few years ago. Yeah, right. We, we haven't even mentioned the fact that a, a number of Jackson County inmates were recently suspected of inciting something of a disturbance in Johnson County, Missouri, where they were shipped because of problems apparently with overcrowding in the Jackson County Jail. Is it fair to say, I think one of the things that people really misunderstand about county jails is they seem to be less professionally run than, say, a penitentiary at the state or federal level where the only business is to sort of incarcerate people for a long period of time. And they seem, I mean, it's not that they don't have deaths and problems in penitentiaries, uh, but, but it seems like county jails are a bit more uh, ad hoc in the way they operate. Is that right? Not right. Well, it's because you have the, the various the varied population. When you have a, a prison, right. a, a state prison, you take people in there, they're booked in, and they stay in, and occasionally I, they may go out for an appeal, but they're... But certainly they, more than a year, and people are used to that, and there's a procedure be, and an understanding, and they're of not, longstanding. And they're not coming and going. Right. At the county jail, they're coming and going. Every day. Every day. People, the prisoners are released, and every day new prisoners are brought in. Taken over to the courthouse for um, right. trial, whatever. And, and you're right, some of them are, are suspected of very vicious crimes, and some of them, particularly since this new arrangement with city hall in which the old, what we used to call the pea farm out by the ballpark was closed down, you have people who, you know, have trash problems that are, that end up in, in custody. So it seems like that's almost a recipe unless you run things perfectly for these kind of problems. Well, and there's, there's supposed to be separation there between the three populations, the three populations being those who are, who are in on state charges, those who are in on municipal uh, problems, municipal charges, and those who are, are serving time on municipal <laughs> uh, charges. Do we, does the county, does any county, but particularly does Jackson County have the machinery 
to operate such a sophisticated detention facility? Well, well, certainly. I uh, mean, the the incident suggests the answer is no, or at least the level of competence is not where it needs to be. Well, Wyandotte County has a a similar situation on a smaller scale. scale. Right. We're not hearing a whole lot of problems over there, though I'm not saying there aren't. I don't know. Johnson County, uh, Kansas, has two facilities, one downtown Olathe and one out by Gardner. Um, we hear there are jail deaths out there occasionally, and and what the circumstances are, I don't do not know. But yes, uh, there's all other facilities um, have similar problems and similar situations, but we're not at the critical juncture that as, maybe Jackson County is. Right. And the other thing to think about in terms of Jackson County, Mike, is it's. Uh, the fact that the county may have fewer jail beds than it really needs. I mean, Kansas City can be a pretty a violent place. I mean, it, I, I've been out to the Johnson County facility, and it, you know, it's it's a huge uh, uh, detention facility, and and it's isolated from the community. It's kind of out in a, you know, it's out. I think pretty close to the old Naval Air Station. It's way out. Uh, I Moonlight mean, it, Road. I yeah, think. way out. Um, but certainly in a rural area, much more, it's not in the middle, you know, the big facility is not in the middle of a huge urban area like Kansas City, Missouri. And so in addition to management problems, execution at the jail, uh, overcrowding problems, the different populations. Multi-level. Multi-level, however many stories it is. The other question is whether we just need to build more jail space in Jackson County. And you talked about the county executive may be, uh, it may be reluctant to bring that up, but that seems like almost certain to be a question raised in light of what you've written and, and on this and other stories. I, I believe uh, probably at the end of uh, this audit that the legislature is, is undertaking right now that I, there, there will be serious discussion about what to do uh, about building a new facility. There was reluctance during the last budget session by legislators to invest money in... Um, in new cell locks uh, because they were reduced to using padlocks in some of the cells up there because they weren't working. And they're they're spending lots of money, over a million bucks, maybe a couple million. I I don't know exactly what the figure is, but a lot of money. To ship people out. No, no, to fix the the locks, fix the cells. And and because of that, I mean, legislators are saying, geez, you know, that's going to cost a lot of money. We're not going to be able to get that back. So we're gonna, eventually going to be building a new jail. Right. But they also have to keep people now the excuse, safe. Right. Now, the excuses you hear are, uh, against building a new jail are, A, we can ship them out to underused rural jails like Johnson County, Missouri, or Clay, or Platt, or wherever, and that's actually cheaper even on a per-day basis than building more space. And the second thing you hear a lot of is if the judges would just pick up the pace a little bit, we could move people in and out of the jail more. Um, do either of those make any sense, or will we hear those arguments again, do you think? I'm sure those will, they'll, those will come up, but uh, A, the legislature and really can't control the judges. Right. And the, that, that, just, that fight has been <laughs> come and gone on more than one occasion. And, and, and I don't know what the validity is to that argument myself, because I have not done the reporting right, right, on right, it. Right, right, As far as shipping people out, that gets to be a hassle, too, and that costs money. And because you have to bring prisoners back and forth, and if you're out in Warrensburg or whatever, that can be a pain. Right, right. Let uh, alone the security uh, issues that present themselves. Now, the, the ideal, some would think the ideal situation would be go off someplace in Jackson County where we have some land, and there is some land that the county owns, where they could build a single-story facility. 
that would be efficient um, and they would not have to be running people back and forth to the courthouse because as we know that you can do a lot of these arraignments by video which but, they do in Johnson County, Kansas. But there's going to be some pushback on that from some folks who think that, you know, some the, the very urban nature of the population of the jail that, and the lack of a public transit system that's uh, really efficient in Kansas City uh, right now and throughout this, the suburban areas, that it would be difficult to run, you know, uh, relatives and whatnot back and forth to these jails. Yeah. And once you get, do bond out and you're out there and... and wherever, uh, how do you get back? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're going to call a cab? Well, the other pushback is going to be cost, of course. I mean, right. it's a, it, building a brand new jail, on even on land that's already been cleared, will be enormously expensive, right? I mean, it's going to cost a lot of money. Well, it will cost a lot of money. I have no idea how much it will cost, but this— I mean, easily it, 200 I mean, this community just went through an $800 million bond issue discussion Building a new facility is easily a $250-$300 million proposition. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. I mean, it would be—you could spend $50 million and add 10 beds or whatever. Well, right? I'll take your word for the dollars. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just, a, it's just a, a finger-in-the-air guess, Especially but it's not going to be cheap to build a new jail. But it's not cheap shelling out a half million bucks yeah. uh, every so often on these settlements for uh, wrongful death, and not only wrongful death, but the, the other settlements they've, they've had to pay out there. Right. And Let alone the, the human tragedy of it. Yeah. Human tragedy, and how many more are coming down the pike? There's yeah. a lot of stuff piling up that we're waiting for these these uh, this investi- uh, FBI investigation to get over before some of these lawsuits right. could be filed. Which is another way of saying that when new jails are built in places like Kansas City, it's usually because county legislators, county officials are forced to build them. Not because they really want to, but because a judge or some sort of uh, pressure is applied to say, look, you can't continue, which is exactly how we got the jail we have now. Exactly. Um, They were forced into it in the 70s because it got so bad. Um, They were housing inmates on the top floor of the courthouse. I think there was like no air conditioning. It was have you ever been up horrible. there? It's, no, it's, I have not, but, I, but I've seen pictures. I have. I've been up. I mean, they took us up several years ago. It's, it's medieval. I mean, the, the, the cells are tiny and the bars are, the paint is, I mean, it, it's, it's astonishing to even think that human beings were held in those so they, so they built. So it was they built hot the, and it was cold, all those other things. So they built the, the red brick uh, edifice you, you mentioned at, at 1300 Cherry, and within a few years, that was overcrowded, and they had to build a on the orders of a judge, I believe, the um, the annex right. next to it. The federal court started saying, "Look, you're putting too many people in." And the whole matrix thing came out. You know, that was how do we release people and when? And it was that goes only back the, to Bill Warris. It was only in like the late 2000s. I you know, it's been a while since I've looked at this, this right. material, but it seems like 2007 or something like that that a federal consent decree was finally relaxed. Right. And allow, allow the county to be free to run the jails as, they, as it wished. But this sounds, like, situation. I mean, this sounds like another lawsuit waiting to happen. Again, not just the story you have, because obviously there's a, I say obviously, one assumes there's a, a cause of action for the family. But, but broadly speaking, the community, it seems as if it's almost certain that at some point someone will say, look, you've either got to build more jail space or you've got to let people out of the jail that you have, which is not, uh, you know, palatable to a lot of Kansas Cityans either. Well, I think 2017 is going to be a, a critical year for the uh, the jail. By the end of the year, we're going to know where that, what that, where that, what shape that argument is going to take. Yeah. Final question, Mike. Do you get the sense that 
Jackson County officials know this, know any of this stuff, or they is there a sense that, well, if we just keep quiet about it, it'll go away? They know about it. Uh, there's a little- I mean, it's one of the few jobs a county has is to run a jail and some county roads and uh, have a sheriff's department and and appraise your property. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's and one collect mis- taxes. That's one, one misnomer I think uh, that's out there is that there's some feeling that the sheriff's department runs the jail, and that's not the case. Right, right. And that's and that is all because of the problems they had when the sheriff's department did run the jail back in the 1960s. In 1970s, when the power, the management was transferred to the to the right. civilian management. Yes, I, the uh, the legislators are aware of the problems. They talk among themselves. They sit in all in all the settlement uh, discussions right. with the county councilor, at which they after which they go and write checks for a couple hundred thousand dollars to people. Right. right. This is and all. And you can't wish it away. They, I mean, Kansas City, Missouri had a similar problem with its city holding jail and then didn't negotiate with Sanders and Mike Sanders and set up this other thing because they understood that that running a jail is inherently tough. Running a, a you know a, a, a jail out by the ballpark was inherently difficult. So get that off the plate. It's not something Jackson County can wish away or just close your eyes to, it seems like. Well, it's, it's my intention to continue to, re- <laughs> to uh, keep reporting on this right. and, and raise these issues, and I think that, uh, that the public discussion will will percolate up. Yes, and we'll have some decisions to make, if not this year, then certainly next year. Yeah, I don't know when the uh, we'll get the bond issue for the jail, but, it, but it's, <laughs> but it's coming. coming. It's coming. All right. Mike Hendricks with the Kansas City Star. Mike, thanks so much for your reporting and for joining us here on the Neat Background Podcast today. Glad to be here. Uh, again, thanks uh, to our listeners for subscribing. Tell your friends about Neat Background. Tweet it. Do all the social media stuff that you're supposed to do, I guess. And, of course, let us know your own reactions to what we've talked about today and other subjects you'd like to see us cover uh, on the podcast. Again, my name is Dave Helling with the Star's Editorial Board. It's been great to be with you. You have been on Deep.